Welcome to Love and Compassion, a podcast where we explore different topics that may challenge our current belief systems and the fears that they generate. Our hope is that through dialogue, you, the listener, will be inspired and motivated in new ways on your own journey to living a more loving and compassionate life. Please welcome your host, Giselle Taraba. Welcome to another episode of the Love and Compassion podcast with Giselle. Today, we're going to be chatting about dreaming and making the seemingly impossible possible. If you're someone who's interested in changing the world, but feel like you don't have enough money or resources or unsure where to start, this podcast is for you. Our guest is bioarchitect, social entrepreneur, Ashoka Fellow, game and experience designer, master of no ceremonies, facilitator and focuser on group processes, BEMTV and Coca-Cola Institute advisor, visionary, dreamer. He's also the witness of beautiful transformation stories by using the power of scavenger hunt, playing in the desire for collective adventure. He has been able to mobilize individuals and groups which together transform themselves, communities and physical environment, promoting the care and the celebration of every life on the planet. Please join me in welcoming all the way from beautiful Brazil, Edgar Gouveia Jr. Did I say your last name right? Can you say it? Well done. Well done. Sis. In Portuguese, accent is Edgar Gouveia Jr. Thank you so much. You're joining us from beautiful Brazil. What's the weather like there right now? <laughs> so we have a warm, warm weather all the time here. Most oh, of the time. I know. Oh, it's beautiful. And nowadays, in both senses. <laughs> we have like 29 uh, oh. Celsius degree. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> I was actually born in Peru um, and I came here when I was 10 and I remember the weather. <laughs> I guess I was so traumatized by the snow that I remember the weather. It's beautiful in TV, right? But when you get there, it's still beautiful. Yes. It's, oh, it's, cold. it's the cold. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I'm making it my friend more and more because before I used to really dread winter and now I'm, there's things I find beautiful about it. And I know you are living in one of the most beautiful countries ever. Canada is oh, close, quite you. famous. Well, likewise, Brazil, I mean, is absolutely gorgeous. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to visiting in the future. I should come. <laughs> so nice to, nice to meet you and nice to be here sharing and chatting with you guys. Thank you. I love your story. I came across it in an article about how you managed to mobilize whole groups of people through the love of play to actually help communities. And so, you know, that got me kind of very curious as to what got you interested sort of in playing games. <laughs> so as a kid, we always loved to, to play games. Like human beings is totally into games. And then yeah. somehow, in, especially in some societies or many societies, we stop playing, playing, playing because, if, you know, the adults start to say like, you, get, you have to get serious, that the right things about being serious and then stop and stop, stop stop being creative, start to be crazy, start to be mm. curious. But when you're kids, like we are totally into play. And actually some, some experts, they say that we are all into play. Human beings, as one, one of my favorite books is called Homo Ludens. So oh. not Homo yeah, sapiens, yeah. but Homo Ludens. So we are ludic people. And I totally agree with that. Mm. So, but, but especially what brought me into play as an adult growing up, was about was when when things start to get get boring in mm -hmm. school at school especially, so there's some of the the classes were like too boring, or the schools could offer me much less than my own world, even my inner world. So I started to create games inside myself, or create stories, narratives. I invent games to be to have good grades because if I didn't like the the, the classes or the disciplines. I said, okay, let's invent something that's going to make like physics incredible. Let's invent something that's going to be like math is incredible because I need to have good grades, right? Mm -hmm. I had scholarships. I, I, I was in a, in a uh, low-income family as a black person in Brazil. Mm -hmm. But then I, I, I used to have like scholarships in the best schools in my town first and then my states. But I have to have good grades. So it was boring. I was a smart kid, but I used to say like, Teachers didn't challenge me, especially more than teachers' environment. The, the mm -hmm. school environment didn't challenge too much. So I started to create games. And then I got used it to create games to fulfill wishes or games, including my friends, 
at first, like let's let's play a, a way more exciting games, adventures. So it's good to, to put this frame here. So people, people you say it's not just about little games or kids games, but about adventures, epic journeys. So when I when I watch movies, I say like, oh, there's so much more exciting movies. Why my life's not that exciting? So I used to create, <laughs> I used to create narratives, invite my friends, and then their families, and then the neighborhood. So let's play more exciting games, like for example, building a park all together, you know, or like like creating a, a big party or festival, but in a in a very short period of time. Like how can you do like in just two weeks? As a kid, I couldn't wait for a whole year for the next festival. Okay, why you don't do like four festivals in a year? <laughs> so I have to invent, like, to, to be creative, invent invitations to make people excited to do that. And I have to invent ways of doing that quick, quite fast because people don't have that much uh, time or with a little amount of money because people say, okay, I, I paid already one festival. How can we pay for four one? So it's not like that. Like how can we increase the joy of life to make things more exciting. And it's all connected with community. Like how make life way more excited? So inviting more people and other beings as well, inviting nature, animals. So it's all about what makes human beings in general be, be happy, feel happy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's such a great story. It's so funny. I could relate as you were talking. As a kid, I used to be very bored at school. And when I, when I was very young, I didn't do that well. And it was for that reason, I found it so, so boring. And so kudos mm -hmm. to you that you found a way to kind of ignite that passion for yourself. And I wish we could inject more play into, you know, high school, Everything. university. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. In relationships in, in our neighborhood, you know, families, it's, it's all about like how can we, we be more playful, especially nowadays in the hard times. Yeah, hard exactly. Times. If you don't mind me quoting you, I read that you said that while playing, everyone's an entrepreneur. While playing, we can all show the best versions of ourselves and that we need to do and be the best in order to change the world. How do you feel that play shifts us from that state of seriousness and like, oh, it can't mm -hmm. be done to mm -hmm. being more open? Look, when, so human beings, we are mammals, uh, mm -hmm. primates, right? Monk, like yeah. monkeys. Mm -hmm. So in mammals, special mammals, but all beings, but special mammals, we, we learn a lot. If you look at cats and dogs and tigers and cows, baby cows, they play a lot. You grow, you learn by playing. Even their moms, they play with them. They play fighting, they play climbing, they play challenge each other to get strong, right? To get mm -hmm. ready. So the whole idea of playfulness, when you have a playful uh, environment or playful partnerships, we feel free. I think I, I started to, to study more, okay, why, what, what's, what's going on here yeah. into the field of play that we become so nice or so creative? So it doesn't matter. So, so many people say like, oh, I'm not creative. I'm not brave enough. Oh, I'm not, you know, whatever, entrepreneur. Every single one is entrepreneur. It's not that you, you, you were. We are as much as we created the right environment. So into the fields of play, we are naturally collaborative, especially play together, right? Collective plays. Mm -hmm. We are naturally collaborative. You don't have to put rules to people to collaborate. You don't have to teach kids how to collaborate or even human beings, just place an environment, an invitation, challenging invitation for the collective. They know by heart how to collaborate. They know by heart how to give their best. Or we know how to, we, we, people don't say like, oh, give your best. No, you know, it's like about the game. Okay, guys, let's go. <laughs> no, you give your best. And you know, like your inner flame ignites. All that, you see, if you look kids, even adults, where they are playing, excited or having an adventure, they shine, all of them. It's not just the leader. And they shift leaders all the time. And they smile, or they, you know, they, they cross and they get goosebumps, whatever. It's exciting that the, everything around is changing. If you feel just watching them, you, you, you ignite yourself as well. You, get, you, you, get, you start to laugh and say, like, you can see that those people are having fun, right? Mm -hmm. In that situation, when you have like a, collect, a collection of human beings playing their best version, each one of them and all of them together being creative, open, what means creative, open. You climb down all your beliefs, all the things that you think that you know, you put down because that new situation needs your full version, 
not your prejudice, not your certainties, not your learnings, because a new situation, right? Play is the best way to put people back in those best version of themselves. When everything falls apart, you've climbed down, you put down everything that you know, and you ignite your full version, the best version of these human beings, right? And then we collectively can go to the next level. So you can breathe for a catastrophe, like we are living now, and then you have to be creative and collaborative. So now you have all the institutions like collaborating and the countries collaborating, you know, they're not fighting because we have a common goal. So we increase this collaboration. Play, the future of play brings us to that situation in an easy way, you know, as I say, with four apps, fast, free, fun, and fantastic. <laughs> right? Fast, free, fun, fantastic. So how to invite people, especially when you don't know what to do, how to deal with the situation, or you don't know the persons, the people around you, you don't, you don't know how you can trust them or not, place a field of playfulness, and you're going to see people from all nations, in, in enemies' nations, or black and white, fat and thin, doesn't matter, kids and, and, and elders. If you place a, a playful situation, everyone knows exactly how to deal with each other and have fun. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. For me, especially what you're dealing right now in the world, in the planet, we need to place a playful situations if you want to bring the best version of the whole humanity to do that. Our governments, our companies, our wise people, our leaders will not be enough to restore, to regenerate the biosphere that we need. We're not doing well. If you want to do that, we need the whole humanity to do that. The whole humanity in the best version of themselves. So instead of calling people for a sacrifice, a sacerdocy, or hard work, or conflict, or war against the enemies, instead, if you invite people, invite me for those words, somehow my body constrains yeah. and close. But if I invite you to play, to a party, to a festival, to an epic journey, then your, your eyes and your, and your brains and everything opens, your heart opens, and then you can go together. Wow, that was really well said. Thank you. Can you share with the audience the story of Santa Catarina and how you were able to mobilize that community just so that they can get a sense of that? You've lived this, what you're talking about, you've actually lived it. You've Very done funny. it. You, you started with my understanding was like five people in your desire to want to help this community during a flood. So can you share a little bit of the story? <laughs> sure, sure. We have, you know, in Brazil, we, we are so lucky or we have been so lucky probably not anymore we don't have like natural disasters or big natural disasters mm-hmm. we have social disasters but not natural so you don't have hurricanes we don't have earthquakes we don't have like whatever tsunamis we're not used to that so our our culture don't know how to do that but in santa catalina in in 2009 at the end of 2008 we have a big big flood in the south of brazil and we have 60 cities underwater like, like what you have in New Orleans, in the United States, mm-hmm. something but like that, but in the whole region, right? It's a wealthy region, actually. So that was make people even more scared with that. So of course, the whole nation mobilized. We send food, send water, you know, people start support. So we, have, we are very collaborative in this way. Yeah. But after two weeks, you know, we stop it as mm-hmm. citizens, right? So we waited for the government going to do something or the powerful people going to do something. So I did my best, right? I sent clothes, I sent water, some money. But then after two weeks, nobody was doing anything. Even the governance, you know, they are not organized for that. And people were suffering. So I say, how can we deal with this situation? It was myself and four friends that started, because they, they know that I like I to play in the hard situations. And then they start to call me. You, you, you're always saying that you're going to change the world by playing. So how can we play with that? <laughs> you know, how can we make those situations? Six seasons in the world. Our government is stuck. All the, the, the companies are stuck. All, all the wealth men and women stuck. Stuck it. How are you going to deal with that? So I say, okay, it's, it's a provocation. I say, yes. So I say, hey, come on to my, my house in one weekend. And I have, I have already this, this quote, like, say, hey, so if you want to change the world or if you want to change the situation, it has to be fast, free, fun, fantastic. Those are the, the principles to design, you know, a solution. So those are the principles. I say, okay, if it's, it's fast, be fast. So we have one weekend to create a plan. So we start from, from the beginning, create a game for ourselves. Say, we don't know how we're going to do with that. We don't have money enough. 60 cities underwater, the whole country don't know what to do. How are you going to do something? Say, so you're going to find a way. You have to find a way in one weekend. And this weekend, we start to design that. So what we did, we, desi- we designed something like, probably for you, for your culture, we call, we call it in Brazil, gincana. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, probably, you know, I, know, I, I know that in Peru, you have gincanas. Mm-hmm. But in Canada, I don't think so. so I, I'm sure that Ecuador and Paraguay has gincana. And I heard that Ireland mm-hmm. used to have gincana. But I don't have any more. Gincana is a kind of scavenger hunter. It's kind of, it's, yeah. It's a community game, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's a commu- community challenge. But for fun things. In Brazil, we used to play that with the whole town. Like 500 uh, 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 people. You know, mm-hmm. or ten thousand people, whatever. So small towns and, and big towns, and everyone like they create teams, and we give them impossible missions, right? For example, you have two hours to bring up a, a real pink elephant. So we don't have elephants in Brazil, <laughs> if you don't know, mm-hmm. and there's no pink elephant anywhere. But people find a way in two hours to bring real elephants. So they go to circles. At first, you don't know. You have no idea. So you say, no, it's impossible. It's impossible. But some people start to be creative and do that. So use the same mindset. Just say like, if we invite the whole country, according to our principles, right? The whole country to sacrifice, to help, to support. People will do what they do. Like say they give $10, $10, you know, they give some water, so whatever. Say, okay, I give my part. I made my part, but we need more. We need the best version of the whole nation. Say, if you wanna deal with the whole thing, we need the whole nation to support this region, six seasons underwater. And we know that they cannot, there is not everyone that can come. So we create different teams, like water team, fire team, and earth team. So the fire team are people that, okay, I wanna go there and, and helping people to rebuild those things. And we know the fire team usually are people that are very excited, strong enough, so young people. So we invited university from the whole country to create teams and to be prepared to go to the region and helping the local community to rebuild their own environment, their own schools and bridges and whatever, because everything was stopping. So we start like that. So we create a big chincana, or a big scavenger hunt, you know, for communities. And we challenge the whole country to create all the towns in the country to support their own young people, their own university people, college people, mm-hmm. to create teams and to train, to be prepared to come back and building anything that those communities, those fragile communities or traumatized communities, they, they ask us to build in order to bring back the joy of life. The basic was that, how to use the not money. So it was not allowed to use money. So it has to be free, right? And of course we use it as a twister because we know that people have no money or they think they have no money. Or if they have money, they, they, they say, oh, but this, this is my money, I'm gonna need this money. So you say, so say like, okay, don't get, get free of that. Is not allowed to use money. And when people heard that for the first time, they're like, what? How can I go there with no money? I say, I don't care. You're going to find a way. If you don't find a way to come here, come here you don't deserve it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's not, it's not you that we are looking for. So we used to say those kind of things, like in TV, on the internet, and they create teams. And because they are together, they invent ways to find free gas, free buses, free cars and free resource and free like shelves and whatever materials. And they came like, it was about that point to 80 uh, teams all around the country. We were looking for just for 12. So many people were ready to come and ready to help. You had to say yes for 24 teams, mm-hmm. right? So basically what we did, like we say, like we were like for very key things. We believe that, so there's an African quote uh, that says, uh, no matter the challenge, the problem, the issues, answer is community. Mm-hmm. And I forgot about that. And there are another quote they say in South Africa, they say, what if the help never comes? And what if the leaders that they are looking for are already here? So below those principles, we were able to design to understand that, okay, we don't need money. We don't need the resource because they have resource right there. They are traumatized. But in those communities, they have leaders, natural leaders. They have lots of resource, have clay, have bricks, they have materials, whatever, wood. So we're gonna find ways to get there. So we don't need the whole government or big institution to fund us. People are are generous. Of course, in all the towns of those kids, what town would not be proud of a group of 40 people, 40 young people willing to support someone in need. So they made all their towns proud. So the gas stations will donate them gases. 
universities would donate them buses. Families would donate them food. Like it was a, a, a local party to send our heroes to support our friends, our brothers and sisters other there. Mm -hmm. So of course, TVs, radios, journals, it became, a, for us, was just, a, was just a game, epic journey for myself and my four friends. But suddenly, it took the whole country. And of course, we had the internet at that point. We, didn't, we barely used Facebook at that, that point. It was right in the beginning in Brazil, like 2009, mm -hmm. right? But suddenly, our guess that actually everyone loved to play Everyone's an entrepreneur. In the fields of play, every single one is creative. In the fields of play, each one of us is collaborative. We know how to collaborate by heart. So if you free us from our fears, so basically in the fields of play, our main fears disappear. Collective plays. So we are afraid of someone stealing us, our money, our resource. So we, 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 we embrace it. We have fear of someone betraying us, our goodwill, our hope, whatever. So we stop from collaborating, we stop from relationship with someone that we don't know, strangers. You know, we are afraid of failing, right? Because if you fail, you are not. Not mm -hmm. good enough, not lovable enough, not deservable enough. And if you fail, you pretend you don't. You yeah. lie. Because failing is not being loved. In the fields of play, that's the best thing. Failing is funny. We laugh from each other. You know, playing is, is desirable because we need obstacles. We need difficulties in order to have fun. Mm -hmm. So how to bring back the same narrative where we are naturally the best version of ourselves. We, in the hard situation, in a, in a collapsed situation, we invite everyone to play. And when you say like, well, how are you gonna invite the whole town to play? It's impossible. And then I say, when we are designing, I say, okay, we cannot invite the whole town. I am not going to be able to go there. Even myself, when it's beside the games, I cannot yeah. make the whole town play. Uh -huh. But if 40 people, young people, who lives two, four days away by bus, they drive to come here to support, to help me that I never, they, the people, they, they don't know who they are. So they're so happy. Mm -hmm. And then everyone starts to be happy. Everyone says, it's contagious, right? And then suddenly, after three days, for the whole town playing together by building, rebuilding everything that they were waiting for three months for the government doing that. And just because of the young people came with so much energy, they always start to do it together. And because of that, because they were together, they were able to do it in three, four, five days. Mm -hmm. So that was what happened there. It was a big, more than what we built actually. And, and, and that was important. We didn't ask people. So we have to create an epic invitation. Mm -hmm. We didn't invite people. That's the most important thing. We're going to be playful. It has to be a promise of a, some epic experience. It was not a game of volunteering. Volunteering. It was not a game of helping people that were suffering. It was a game that the invitation was, let's bring back the joy of life. So those people deserve to bring back. The, and we know that if we are able to bring back the joy of life, the traumas go away and people are able themselves to rebuild their places and their lives. So we knew that just staying there for six days, bringing back the joy of life would be enough for them to rebuild stuff. Bring a new narrative, the narrative of suffering for the narrative of ha being, being happy, you know? Mm -hmm. Wow, and that was one of the things I had read that you didn't go to the group and say, okay, let's rebuild the city. One of the things you had said is, asking about their dreams, right? And, and what do they dream about and how do they bring that joy into life? Which I thought was really moving. Yeah. yeah. So we have, we, have, we have been learning from all those years, what actually ignites people. So we're learning like very simple steps that ignites people. For example, when you talk about your dreams or when you get connected with your own dreams, you naturally, naturally ignites. Just that, the connection, memory connection with, you know, oh, I always dreamed about like traveling around the world or sailing. So if I'm able, if I start to ask you or any one of you that are listening, what's your dream? Try out yourself. So some, somehow your heart starts to warm yeah. up. Or for example, if I ask about your story, it doesn't need to be something like beautiful. So tell me your story. You're going to look into my eyes, especially if I'm a stranger. But when you see that I'm generally interested and when you start to share your story, you shine. 
It doesn't matter if for, for good or for bad, you're gonna shine and you make myself shine as well. It's so usual when you go to those emotional times, both of us cry. But those that bring our humanity back, like being connected with your personal stories, your dreams, you know, or when you presence miracles, some beautiful act of generosity, or when you, you yourself collect and make miracles, what I call miracles, something unexpected, you know, powerful, unexpected, human beings shine. So we collect like six to seven, those are very simple keys that ignites people and play is one of them, right? Mm -hmm. Building together, building together, let's build together a church, let's build together a park, a playground for our kids. It's, it's contagious. Like you started with three neighbors and suddenly other neighbors come and bring some, you know, orange juice, you know, or lemonade, and then some, you know, and cake. And then they start, can I help as well? So suddenly become a party in your town, in your street. So those very primal lights in human beings, we need to invite them. And it's, it's amazing. It was incredible when I saw and understood that all of that is included in the collective game, in community games. All of that happens even when I don't invite it. If neighbors start to play with each other or to build together, naturally they're gonna talk with each other. I say, okay, okay, neighbor, I never talked with you. Where you come from? And then they, human beings do that. So how to bring this environment to where we can be human beings free of fear again, at least for a little amount of time. Yeah. Wow. I, can I ask, how many people have you been able to mobilize with this movement and what was your goal? Because I, I had heard something that your goal was like 2 billion people. <laughs> so I'm just wondering how close to your goal you are. <laughs> I, I, I lose the count. I, I've been doing, especially the last 15 years, I'm doing it all around the world. Yeah. The, the last 15 years, not including the last one, of course. Yeah. <laughs> they're, quite, they're very quiet at home. But it was, was many, many hundred thousands people like many mm -hmm. we do like big games yeah for example this one that we in Santa Catalina there we had like around three thousand young people that went there yeah uh, eight hundred thousand from the whole country and two thousand and a half uh, from the local region mm -hmm. and but you have all the the universities the parents the families and supporters was incredible but my goal so actually my goal since I was kid so if you if you because you ask it, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> right? You are. My goal is actually, since I was a kid, I, I was in love with nature. And when I was nine years old, and I realized that human beings, we were destroying natural systems. And when I heard the first time that in, in 150 years, we would destroy all nature in, in, in the planet, I got shocked and, and traumatized. So I decided to put my, my life in service for making sure that my kids and my grandkids would see an Amazon forest. Yeah, and, and, and swimming in a, in a river, in a waterfall. Uh, my kids, my grandkids would dive in Australian coral reef coast, which is amazing, and I'm in love. I would visit New Zealand, whatever, swimming in beautiful beaches. So I made this promise, okay, how are you gonna do that? Since I was a kid, I'm gonna be a leader, you know? And then I say, right, right away, I say, okay, have Martin Luther King, John Lennon, you know, uh, whatever, so many heroes. When they are actually able to mobilize many, many people, people kill them. Like, <laughs> They, they, they will shout, <laughs> <laughs> right? The biggest, yeah. the biggest, biggest hero, they will shout and say, oh, I'm, I'm, not gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna die. I, I wanna save the planet, not die. But now, I, now that I know how I'm gonna do that, in a way that you're gonna save, and I wanna save the planet and enjoy the planet, right? I was, I was a, a, a professional athlete. I was a volleyball player. And volleyball, especially on professional level, taught me mm -hmm. a lot of things about how to play together with the team, where, where the magic starts. You know, there's some moment that all athletes know that we are not playing the normal thing. We are not even playing our best. Some teams, they get to their best. We know that they are in the best. And then you go to climb to another, another position mm -hmm. that may, many artists, they know that. The stars, they know that. Some, sometimes they are in the stage, but something, some shows, something different, it's another level, is a, is, a, is a third octave. So it's magic. We all have those moments in our lives. Yeah. If it feels, like, we say like, we just say like, it seems not real, but you know you're there. So for me, when I realized that experiencing my body, those situations in the volleyball, in a trip to the Brazilian jungles and, and you know, nature, or in a, in a group of friends playing guitar, whatever. And I was always collecting those magic moments. Some people, they just live the moment and then they forget it. 
because they say, oh, it's not real. It was something magic. I say, no, 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 no. How can I bring it back? Yeah. yeah, I wanted that. I wanted that because if in those situations, black people and white people, they are connecting in harmony. Why in those festivals, we don't have like racism? And right after the festival, when you go out, it starts again. Why in those situations, we are agreeing, we have common sense, you know, we all love whatever this kind of food. And then you love, you celebrate each other. But when you go to another thing, we become enemies right away. You know, because the narrative is different. So I was always looking for that. So I realized that if I, we design correct, safe narratives, the ones, the ones that invite us to be, come together, I could put the whole humanity in another level. In that level, the level of what I call games or whatever, the third octave, people, they know already what to do and they naturally behave regenerating things. Mm. When, you have, when you go to this moment, if a dog, a stray dog passed to you, you care about them. Say, oh, little, because they're so happy that everyone around you must be happy. If you see a homeless, you're gonna help give your, your, your jacket to them, right? Because you, you just left that beautiful festival that you feel floating. So my goal is to mobilize 2 billion people, one third of humanity. My goal is to regenerate the natural resource of the planet and save it for our kids. Mm -hmm. so how to, to give to them, how I say, is this treasure. Like we, we have to give to them, right? The, the, the right to, to experience that. So this is my goal. And in, in order to do that, I'm not going to be enough. Our governance is not going to be enough. Our companies are not going to be enough. But if the whole humanity decides to do that, when you have like a World Cup, soccer yeah. World Cup, or Olympic Games, or when you have a big tragedy in, high, in Haiti, the whole planet send them funds, whatever, support them. So how can we create this wave of connection uh, as human beings to decide, okay, now we're going to restore that for our kids. So this might go to billion people. And in order to do that, of course, I, it has to be through a game. So it has to be a global game. So how are you going to mobilize the whole humanity? Because we are not Olympic Games. We are not World Cup. And they don't want to do that. They want to bring that on peace, but not, they don't have, don't have this goal. So for us, we realize that one of the most powerful things to ignite community's generosity are kids or innocence. So now I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you, you and uh, the, everyone that is listening to us, our, our secret, right? I told you already, if you wanna mobilize a crowd or just your friends or just your family, make sure that you're designing something to be fast, free, fun and fantastic. For example, it's not a dinner for in three months ahead. So you, you just call your, your, your family and say, okay, I'm so, I say, I, I so much miss you, oh guys. Yeah, yeah, I so, yeah, miss you, yeah. Yeah, I challenge you to come home in two days and throw the best party ever. Three days, go. And just that, the challenge. The person said, well, no, I don't care. Like if, really, if you really love me, you're gonna be <laughs> in three days. And then start, stop to see what your family gonna do. Each one brings one food. So the, the, the rules are bring one food, bring joy and be here. Three, just three steps. Bring a delicious food, come with, with a smile, yeah. and stay here. And then people, they know what to do. You don't need to tell them all the, the recipes. Or, no, they want to call you and say, I don't care. But what kind of recipes? I don't care. Right? <laughs> and then it becomes like something playful, those kind of games. So we realize that the ones that are able to do the invitation are kids. Yeah. 10 year, years ago, I told everyone, the ones that are going to lead society he lead humanity to shift our behavior will be kids that was a dream that i had and then now you see like greta or see all your, your these north american kids like teenagers going millions and millions all the, the 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 capitals like marching against against guns kids teenagers kids not college people teenagers high schoolers marching hong kong against china nobody's brave enough the teenagers are doing that in chile the same Colombia the same, you know, I'm heard Canada as well, like in Stand Rock, protecting indigenous, was teenagers, that was the first one. So I know that the first, the next wave, mm -hmm. transformational wave, we're gonna be teenagers. We were already females, the feminist movement, black movement, the hippies, 
you know, the, the peace and, 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 and love movement, not gonna be kissed. It's, it's, it's starting already. So my game is about training, you know, is stimulating young people to lead, to stimulate, mobilize their society, to engage their societies. So kids calling all adults and politicians and companies around them to actually go there and, and restoring, regenerating rivers, regenerating parks, transforming uh, life or consumerism behavior. Mm -hmm. So basically is that, like, so what's behind it? We are trying to transform, not for us adults. So we all, most of humanity, more than 95% wants a better world, wants to protect nature, to deliver more, way more than 90, 95% of, of us. But we are running for a different situation, you know, with a different uh, goal, because we are immersed in a narrative, in a narrative that if I don't find my own resource, I'm gonna die. Nobody gonna help me. A simple narrative. If you look back, we, we behave and we act with that we act because we, we are sure that if I don't play hard by myself, I'm gonna die. Nobody gonna, gonna help me. Yeah. So I understand that the other, the, the, the different, black, white, the other country, whatever, is potentially an enemy, not potentially a friend. Otherwise I'm not be so, so afraid. So we need to transform this narrative. Or the fourth one, we believe that changing the world is a, is a promise of sacrifice, mm -hmm. suffering, yeah. you know, whatever, a battle, whatever. So what we do is three things. We create games, which run narratives in three things. One, we transform innocence in leadership. So the ones that are gonna lead us, the whole humanity to, through this change, the ones that are ready for that, are charismatic enough for that. They, the ones that care enough for nature, for all of us, doesn't matter how different you are, are kids. We were born projecting this way. Kids until five years old, they care about everyone, every single being, not just human beings. So they are the ones that have to lead us. And they are the ones that if they do that, we can, cannot say no. We know by heart that we should, should protect them. So transforming innocence in leadership, transforming scarcity in abundance. So when you're looking someplace and you see like, you see scarcity, transform your gaze into how can I find abundance there? Mm -hmm. And the third one, very important one, is the, the same principle of, of Life is Beautiful, that movie, Italian movie. Yeah, Life is Beautiful, it's such a good movie, yeah. That movie Exactly, mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. you know that. Mm -hmm. So that movie, what they teach us, transform the idea of suffering, of sacrifice, of working hard to restore everything into play, into an epic journey. It's the same thing. So it's time to invite all of us as humanity to play our best epic journey. Mm -hmm. If you're not able to do that as an adult, doesn't matter. Your kids, your kids are ready. Our kids are ready. I love that you said my goal versus my dream because it puts it into kind of movement and what you said about kids is so spot on and that's kind of what we feel at our center that the kids really are the leaders we tend to think a kid is helpless and we tend to think of kids as not able to but I've seen really some of the best leadership come from young people and, and you yeah. know they, their insights are amazing as you were talking one of my passions and one of my dreams is really to change systems that really disempower people. And one of them is the child protection system that is there to prevent kids from being harmed. But the system itself can also feel very disempowering for children. I was trying to think of how could we actually bring play to some of these very challenging topics like child abuse and like you mentioned, mm -hmm. racism and so on. How can we actually start to open up our minds, even if it's not something we could solve? How can we start kind of bringing communities together to solve such challenging? Um... Oh, thank you. Thank you for this, for this question. Thank you, Shiselle. Incredible question. So let's start from, from the big scale and then we go to one medium and small scale. When I start to share this idea of kids leading humanity, many parents, many adults, they love the idea. They know that their kids, they can see, they can picture their kids doing that. Yeah. You know, they say like, oh, whoa, whoa. They, they have the power. So we, we let the other kids, we know that. 
right? You can see the picture. We create a collective game. So they go not just by themselves, but they're the crowds. But when you put human beings together, they all gain that superpower thing. And they look for superheroes, whatever. So basically we create this environmental, collective environmental, playful environmental, impossible mission. And then suddenly your kids, they grow something, some power that they deal with situations that you cannot, you don't know how, right? So this is a way, so that's why when you invite kids to save the biosphere, we don't tell them to save themselves. You say like, not, it's not gonna be you that's gonna save the biosphere. You have to mobilize your neighborhood, which means adults, you know, and their resource to put everyone. So we don't say like, go greater and save the forest. No greater. You have to mobilize everyone, including adults, especially adults, to do it together. And guess what? They know how to mobilize adults by crying or by telling beautiful stories. <laughs> or, you know, they know by heart. Kids are made for that, right? Mm-hmm. So what we are doing with that? By creating this collective game, which kids are just, let's say like if it was a game board, we tell them, we tell them your game board to save the planet is your whole neighborhood. So you have all the neighborhood as, as your resource, which means you, your family, your neighbors, the expert, the engineer, all the engineers around you that you can reach, all the material resources you can reach, go and ask them. And they love to, these mice say, really? My whole neighborhood? Say, yes, it's all yours. But when you do that, every single one that they talk become a protector. Everyone is fully touched and say like, really? I should be doing that by myself. How far our kids of 10 years old, 12 years old, are being the one that is initiating that, we should have done that before, right? So people start to touch it and everyone, and then of course they they comment with their neighbors and then they see the TV, the the journalists, they want to interview the kids. So when you do that, the whole neighborhood become aware of uh, what's going on. And then we go back to that thing that idea of community that we should never left that. As again, it's not because I'm a black person, <laughs> mm. but as well, I love African sayings. So this amazing African saying, which says that we need a whole village to raise a child. They know that. African people know that. We need a whole, it's not parents, one, one parent, parents or school. They say we need a whole village and they actually do that in the village. Mm-hmm. You have many parents in the village. Yeah. Every single one is in, in watching you. I'm watching you, you know, and they give permission to each other to embrace you, to feed you. They all do that. So if, by the way, your parents fail, you have 200 parents more. Mm-hmm. If your mom, your mom is not at home, you go, they, they go to the breasts of other women to milk, mm-hmm. right? In the village, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So kids, they know that they have a whole system community looking to, to them. More than that, when they do that, the people that want to harm a kid, the, the thing that are more, they are most afraid of is being visible, being seen, right? The idea that you have the whole village watching them, you don't try. When you place a gymkhana, an epic journey, when you place the whole town or the whole neighborhood playing together again, they naturally start to care about all kids. It's about our kids, our park, our region. It's not about myself. Thank you so much. I realized that in our Canadian culture, and I'm guilty of this as well, is we rely on systems to fix problems. And, uh, and I was trying to think to myself, how do you make that shift? Yeah, we were taught about that. So we are, we are growing. We have to create systems in order to grow way more. So we came from clans, from families and villages. We all in Europe, in Africa, whatever came for that. It's the way that natural, natural way of human beings to self-organize, yeah. right? I'm a, they say from 12 to 120 individuals. Yuval Harari, this Israeli guy, incredible guy, philosopher. He said like, those, those are, so we are monkeys, right? We are primates. Yeah. So gorillas, chimpanzees, babuinos, they have crowds of from 12, 220 because until 120 even as human beings you can record all the names you can follow what's going on with them mm-hmm. we can we have time to embrace to share food whatever so we create this kind of sense of belonging as a community so we all have those 
120 people that you care about, you looking for what's going on in your life, doesn't matter if you are on the other side of the ocean, you, you, you care about them, you care about them. If they ask you something, you're gonna give, right? More than that, it starts to be hard. So mm -hmm. usually primates, when they have more than that, they, they divide in two groups and they start to grow again in three groups, right? So we human beings were the first primates that start to, to organizing more things. So we invent things, we need the whole collective things. So systems are needed. But what happens when system collapse, as you're doing right now? What happens when systems are not enough to protect our kids? What happens when systems are not enough to protect our nature or the planet, our house? And it's not our house, it's the collective house, mm -hmm. the home, not house. Because who, tell, who told us just for, from, uh, for us, the primates, you know? What are the, the rights that have below, more than whales, more than pandas, more than snakes? Why, when we decide that we are the owners here, right? Mm -hmm. So home, not our house. So when the, our system fail for that, or worse than that, our system are the one that is destroying that, our belief system, our organizing system, consumer system are destroying, what happened with that? So when it's failing, it's such important, in order to create the system, we lose belonging, connection, taking care, because we give it to machines, to processes, mm -hmm. you know, to schools. So your kid, the, who is educating your kids at school? Because you're not, you, you're not like, you're 10 hours out of home, you cannot educate your system in your day life. So you, you give it to, to, the, to a teacher or a professor or institution, whatever. So now that's everything's collapsing or many things collapsing, we need to go back or to just evaluate what are the things that you, we actually want to give to our systems, which means in large scale governance, you know, a schools, educational system, we say educational system, prison system, whatever, or your system, your computer. What about your life you're gonna to give to your computer, to other things, not to yourself or to someone, some other human beings. So this, I think for the first questions about that, like now it's time for us to come back you know, even think about maybe small groups with more heart out of the system that are, are still calling us. Our idea that because of the border, you're not gonna have that, right? But if you, if you would have a war with the United States, you would kill, kill each other just because this line says that you are Canadian mm -hmm. and they are not Americans. Yeah. That line is agreement that if you say like, here is us and there is you for good and for bad. And usually we good use for, for bad. Oh, our resource, oh, our culture, oh, our thoughts, our whatever, right? And that separate human beings that could be collaborating more and more to fix everything that we need to fix now. So because we still, uh, even being developed so long, our systems, it's still like few thousands of years. Mm -hmm. We have way more thousands of years of collaboration ourselves knows how to collaborate. Ourselves knows how to connect with someone that we think that we thought that was an enemy. We hug each other, support each other, we feed each other. So now it's time to go to the biggest power of human beings. Beyond machines, beyond systems, beyond intelligence, the biggest power of human beings, our power of collaborating. Sharing intelligence, connecting intelligence. So why to get back to the small communities beyond your, your family? Because together we can agree, okay, how together gonna to stop using, consuming so much? The whole thing is community, belonging. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's so funny because you were talking about, you know, surviving war. And I was reading Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning that he was a Holocaust survivor. What he found was that people that kind of overcame those obstacles were people that actually first actually had dreams, dreams of getting out there, dreams of a, a better future. And the people that didn't do so well was the people that were depressed and didn't see any hope. And to me, like this whole movement, it, it begins with dreams. It begins with the dream about something better or something bigger and, and and it's not limited and I love how you 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 say the four f's because I think it shifts us out of our limiting beliefs of like oh how are we going to yeah. do this and I can't do that and it opens you up to the potentialities which are infinite 
And yes. so this is why I think your work is so, so powerful. So, so powerful. Well, uh, I know you were on sabbatical for about four years and you traveled to 42 countries. Is that right? Yeah, 52. Oh, 52. I was just wondering if you could share what you learned about people and the nature of human beings from all those different countries. <laughs> Amazing questions, Sam. You keep <laughs> <Thanks>. more. <laughs> you you directed the point. You, you directed the key question. That was the best. <laughs> When I say people say, what was the best thing that happened happened in this trip? I say the first one that start to answer your question is uh, vulnerability. The best learning, the best tool or talent, whatever, skill, the best skill that I got from this trip was the ability to be vulnerable. Why? Uh, the first thing that I learned is that every single being, human being, not just human beings, but let's say humanity is generous. Humanity is, is, uh, has hospitality. I don't know mm -hmm. what's the quality. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Yeah. Hospitality. You know? yeah. So yeah, hospitality is a humanity quality, not just human. Hospitality is an inner humanity quality, which was su totally surprising for me. I was, for me, the way that I was uh, trained or educated, of course, moms and grandmas, they are all generous. They say, like, trust people, support people. Grandmas, they still save that. But mamas, they become more, you know, be careful. Don't trust mm -hmm. everyone. Yeah. La, 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 la. Be in order to protect the kids. But grandmas, they are more wise. They say, no, no, trust people. Go, go ahead. Not going to happen. A few things going to happen, but most of the things are going to be good, right? So we live in a fearful society. I know Canada, you are way more peaceful. I live in a society that we assume that, you, that the other is a potentially a danger, mm -hmm. a potentially a problem, you know? Not potentially a, a, a friend. Some people don't do that. Some people, they, they assume that you are like a, a approachable, you know, that you are a source of smiling, stories, whatever. So when I was traveling, I was totally surprised how every single people wants to support you with, when you need. And, and while I was traveling, I looked back and said, but even my country is the same, but how I never saw that. I was using a lens, a cultural mm -hmm. lens, you know, that someone put me because kids as well, kids as well trust. And then I started to use that. So but, uh, unless, sorry that people are just in podcasts, but I'm going to do it for you that are watching me now. So mm -hmm. when I saw, when I was like some countries, the, the whole architecture of human is totally different. So in my country, mm -hmm or Western countries, I know there's, oh, there's a pharmacy, or there's a bakery. I can tell there's some signals, but some countries, bakeries, nothing about that. Yeah. Or pharmacy, or nothing, a hostel, no. So you got lost. Some, some, some countries don't even have like cards, right? Or some regions. And so mm -hmm. how are you gonna find it? I was totally lost. So sometimes I, I don't know how to find things, but then I, used, I would just stop and stopping wherever I was, even with maps in my hands, I couldn't find things. I was stopping and start doing like this, like, you know, looking to a side and I was like showing people that I was lost. Yeah. Making, <laughs> making clear that I'm yeah. lost, right? And I was trained to never look like as I was lost. Mm -hmm. Never yeah, look sure. as I, I don't I'll know, look like right? A tourist. Mm -hmm. Right? No, now I was like, I'm, 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 I'm a mess. I don't know. I'm, so every single time that I did that, I was even mimicking, like doing more than, than needed, mm -hmm. right? So people would see, no, 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 this, this is a human being lost. Every time that I did it, the first, first person that crossed me stopped to help me. Wow. And I start, I start doing more and more to see if it's everyone. At first I said, no, I'm lucky, right? Exactly now that I did that, the best person of the world stopped here to support me, right? <laughs> For sure. Okay. The yeah. only reason, right? It might assume my glasses. Mm -hmm. Then I started doing more. I saw that everyone, even uh, grampy people, they would say, they come <laughs> grampy, but grab my, my hand and say, come, come, you know, and bring me right there into the hostel, right there into the bakery, and sometimes paying the bread for me. They knew that I'm, I'm foreigner, right? And we all do that. Anyone that, that's listening to me, if you had a situation, you find someone that is a foreigner, someone that's really lost, unless you think, oh, it's a homeless, it's asking money for everyone, I'm not going to be the one. If you bring those fears, then we don't do, we don't do that. But every time that you see someone in need, the first impulse is to support. The first one is support. 
And then you say, oh, but I cannot stop because I'm, I'm late. But I cannot do because maybe they have a, but the first inner thing in, in hospitality. So I start to travel way more easy and trustful. I realized mm -hmm. that everyone around me was taking care of me. If I got sick, someone mm -hmm. gonna take care of me. I was sure. Now I travel more easy in the, in the world, in my, my own place, whatever. So, and in order to get this gift, this gift of generosity is not available for everyone. So, so in order to all this generosity comes to you, you have to become vulnerable. So if I have a kid, I don't have it yet. The most important thing that I would try teach them or him or her is to be vulnerable, genuinely gen vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And the second thing that I like most or what I learned mo most from humanity, hospitality, and maybe the second most important one that I'm using is connect with game. I learned it doesn't matter how many centuries of culture, of oppression, how many times have pain, the inner source is pure. So you can be a killer, a serial killer. You can be a very damaged people. You can be miserable, whatever, financially, whatever. The inner true is just a skin. The hundred and hundred years of using guns, celebrating guns, or celebrating violence, or being in war and hating other people, it can be shifted in just one meeting, in a mm -hmm. few minutes, if you create the right environment. Like in a few hours, it doesn't matter your people, your parents, your educational system, your whole heritage, doesn't matter. Palestinians and Israeli people, you know, in there, living there, would play soccer together if you, if you create the, the right environment. So it gives me a lot of uh, faith that my, my dream and my goal mm -hmm. of saving the planet is quite, I used to say like, what if, what if building the world of our dreams could be fast, free, fun, and fantastic? And I believe if we got the right stimulus, we can regenerate the whole planet in three years. Wow. If humanity says, okay, let's re regenerate, we're going to restore the ecosystems, our house, our home, the whole planet in three years, because we will not be alone. So I have, I have real experiences. I just had to bring 40 people, young people in the right mood for a whole town to mobilize themselves and restore their own joy of life. So when I say that, and I'm not shy of, uh, afraid of saying that, if one third of humanity, which means one third of your neighborhood, one third of your street, people in your street, one third of your family decides to do that, I'm sure that whales are gonna come to support us. Bees, you're gonna fertilize more flowers to support us. Trees, you're gonna grow, grow faster. Animals that are almost disappearing, you're going to have more kids. Mm -hmm. You know, if we shift ourselves, the whole planet, the, the whole mother earth, she's going to celebrate and say, well done, <laughs> finally wake up. Yeah. Come, come to join. Now you deserve this garden. Let's do it together. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. That was so beautifully said. I did have a question about COVID, in, has that impacted your ability to be able to play games and mobilize um, people for social movement? We never stopped, myself and my team. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. yeah. So when you did that, so there, there are my, more games I'm going to send to you that you don't know. Like we, oh. we have some games. Those, when I say about kids, we are doing it already. So we have oh, one, okay. one, we call it X Spring, okay. like, where we challenge kids from the whole country. We use internet a lot, right? now. Yeah. We challenge kids from the whole country. So it's a kind of a uh, six weeks game, six weeks Gincana or treasure hunt. And each week we give them a mission, right? We send them like they play like impossible missions, like Tom Cruise or 
007, right? Mm -hmm. We call, we, we challenge them, we are looking for superheroes, right? So find your friends. So it's like, it's not allowed to just one superhero because the situation is so hard that even uh, we don't have more Spider-Man, Batman, Wonder Woman. The situation is so hard that they have all come together, you know, X-Men, you know, Avengers, like you need all the heroes together. So they come together, right? And say, you have six weeks to save the water, waters in, around you. So they know that by the end of six weeks, they have to restore a river, a lake, or some springs, water springs. Wow. And, they, and they do that. And in order to do that, they have to mobilize the neighborhood. So some kids of 13 years old, 12 years old, they mobilize the whole town and they restore a whole river that crossed the town, you know, the sandbanks, whatever, you know, yeah. you know, and they go to TV, they go to radio, they become famous. So your question, so does COVID uh, stop us? No, or compromise, of course, because most of the games about go out there and do stuff, do stuff, and now we are all trapped. So what we did, we challenged them to do the same, but without leaving home. Okay, guys, you are trapped at home, right? But mm -hmm. you are the generation, we are, uh, we, you are the generation that knows most how to use that. Yeah. yeah. 13, the, the teenagers, they know, the parents ask them, how can I use that? They say, okay, pa pa no, dad, okay, grandpa, whatever. They know how to do that. So I say, okay, but nobody is inviting you to combat, to confront COVID. Say, we are inviting you, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. to use your superpowers and your friends to, to confront or to stop or to, to I say, to uh, decrease, decrease uh, solve the impact, oh, okay. not COVID, but the impact of COVID. Yeah, like loneliness. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Who are the people around you that are needing you most? Who are the, the uh, underprivileged community that needs you? So we, 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 we challenge them on the internet. We call it Antivirus X, the, 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 <laughs> the Operation Antivirus X. And we, we created, so we challenge our team on creating this game in seven days. Because, you know, see, like, we create a game for ourselves. Usually it takes, like, three months to create a game or more. See, like, now it's COVID. You have three, seven, seven weeks. Mm -hmm. And they have, like, 70 volunteers, developers, designers, everyone supporting us. And they're going to support us. Our team is just 12 people. So more 70 people coming. So we created launch a game. The journalists and TV start to spread things. And in just two months, we have 1,800 teams of wow. kids all around the country playing the game, and actually, without leaving home, supporting shelters of homeless or elder people, or one, one team, they, they, they collect like 40 big gallons of water for a big, a big slum that you have here, that they have no mm -hmm. water for a week. Without leaving home, they organize the whole system, Uber to bring things, they collect donations, just using telephone, internet, donations, and make things being there. So those are what things that are doing COVID right now. And we just launched as well a game anti-depression and anxiety. Because you know that United Nations say that mm -hmm. the next pandemic is emotional health. Yeah. Again, we transform the pain in an epic journey. So the best thing for those teenagers playing the game was they were in pain, they were suffering, their anxiety, but by challenging them to support someone else that way more in need than them make mm -hmm. them be like you, you should see like the, the videos in tiktok they love tiktok right yeah so like we got videos incredible in tiktok to playing together so it's incredible mm -hmm. so yeah i hope it's not going to stop us because the whole thing the whole thing about us about how can we play survive and and how i say uh, even portuguese not remember transcend mm -hmm. from the fear or from the collapse to transcend to a paradise. And you're right. In order that, people that are able to dream, when I say dream, it's not a desire. When you say like people that have dreams, they have vision, concrete vision. You need to have a concrete vision mm -hmm. of a paradise, of another situation, mm -hmm. and embrace this vision. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna get there. Oh, there are people that are ready, they are so, so powerful, they are able to say, I am there then those survive even more, even faster. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the belief that no matter what happens, that that's possible. And I think that's yeah. what stops us the most, right? But it's dreamers like you who can see beyond. And I loved how you guys shifted that. Okay. So now you're stuck in your homes. How are you still going to do your task? 
It may be a little bit more challenging, but I think that's brilliant. (laughs) Can people suggest ideas for games? For example, if we were interested in doing something to increase love and compassion, you know, within our communities. Oh, they do it. They do it all the time. As you create this amazing game, could you create this one? I've done many games for companies and and for movements. So now, now, for example, international institution ask us to create a game anti-racism, a game that helps young black guys to to train to protect themselves to survive. Yeah, you know, and so yeah, it's possible. Everything, all of that is is possible. It's it's just not doable for me to do all of that. That's why we are sharing. You know, that's why I tell all the secrets. Yeah. It's fast. As much as you create something that's fast, three point five, that's gonna work. Yeah. And then, of course, you're gonna learn more and more and more and more. You know, but how to transform all the three things that I told you? It's all about narrative. If you wanna create a, a powerful game, create a game that helps to set a new narrative. Yeah. Like the, the life is beautiful. He creates a new narrative. The whole mm-hmm. things were there. The the, the Nazis camps, the war, the the miss of his mother, whatever. But the father was able to create a narrative that transformed all of that in an exciting game. Yeah. How do people join your games? Are they available yeah. for people outside of Brazil? Yeah, actually, 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 they are. The Antivirus X is good because even Portuguese is, is the same way that you see in English. Yeah. Not in French. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can go and you have like several languages because many volunte- volunteers from many parts of, of the world. There are many, many translations. There are French, there are English, there are Spanish. Can you so, actually just give us your website, like the www? Can you, can you share? That, that that's, okay, I got it. So you're going to find it on Jornada X, J-O-I-N-A-D-A-X dot com dot br you're gonna get there oh okay well we'll definitely be sharing the link for sure uh, wherever we post it so maybe this one is is the safest one to play but it's it's, it's good as well this one's good because you can play at home if you by the way your place is already safe you can play you can go out as well yeah that's fabulous Thank you so, so much for sharing your story with us. I could literally listen to you all day. (laughs) I feel like I could just ask you a whole bunch of questions. Um, But we are so, so grateful that you were with us today. And we look forward to for people going on the website and checking out the games. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Love and Compassion podcast. Uh, Be well, everyone. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Josette. It was amazing.